Greetings, this is Dr. Sweet, and welcome back to the Full Circle Podcast. Thank you for joining us in our series on inclusion and diversity. You most likely have been participating in the Full Circle training on diversity or inclusion. And these podcasts are meant to accompany the material and the homework and the insights that you've gleaned from our workshop. So in our first podcast, we spoke about the importance of diversity and why it's important to the workplace. We said that diversity and inclusion, when used properly by a company, tends to result in a robust bottom line. Yes, diversity and inclusion actually help companies make more money. In the research done by the McKinsey Group, they found that companies in the top quartile for gender diversity, for example, gender diversity on their executive teams were as much as 20, 15 to 20% more likely to have an above average profitability than companies that didn't have robust gender diversity. The same was true for ethnic and cultural diversity. According to the McKinsey Report and other studies, companies that have higher ethnic and cultural diversity as a part of their day-to-day operations and a part of their culture were as much as 35 to 40% more likely to outperform other companies and have above average profitability. And that's fairly significant. And that's not just here in the United States. This is around the world. This is Women's History Month, and I'd like to spend a moment talking about gender diversity. Now, we already know intuitively that gender diversity is correlated with both profitability and value creation. The McKinsey reports and other studies found a positive correlation between gender diversity on an executive team, right, and, and, and the measure of financial performance in that team. The bottom line is that top quartile companies on an executive gender diversity level tended to have more women involved and they were 20 to 25% more likely to outperform their fourth quartile industry peers. In other words, companies that didn't have gender diversity or robust or solid gender diversity were lagging behind in their profitability margins. And uh, as a result, they didn't create long-term value. So it's super important to understand that where the world is right now is about leveraging gender, ethnic, and cultural diversity. So with that in mind, I wanted to spend a moment today uh, reinforcing some of the concepts that you heard in the training and the workshop about how, how do you deliver impact through diversity? How do you develop it? Now, remember, we said that the research, the current trend 
confirms the gender, ethnic, and cultural diversity, particularly within an executive team, continue to be correlated with financial performance across multiple domains. And if you remember from our last podcast and from some of the trainings we talked about, there are benefits. There are benefits that have been researched and identified to having a better IND or inclusion and diversity portfolio. And what are these benefits? Let me review them for you. Number one, companies that are more diverse are better able to attract top talent. They just draw more of the top tier of the pool to them. They're also able to improve their customer orientation and also improve employee satisfaction. And finally, the research shows that companies that are strong with their IND, their decision-making is much more robust and better. They are even better able to secure licenses to operate. And we believe that all of this continues to be relevant. And so companies that are making the move to the highest levels of performance are improving their representation of diverse talent within their ranks on a regular and active basis. Now, despite this, it's really important to underscore that diversity and inclusion still continue to be a challenge. Don't let me uh, seduce you into thinking that this is easy. Not at all. This can take years, and it often means that you have to get some external force or external partnership going in order to drive it forward because our culture, our organizational cultures have not been accustomed to making inclusion and diversity a supreme priority. So it takes time, it takes intentionality, and it takes effort. If you're able to do this, what you'll find is that diversity leaders will bring a fresh perspective on how to build an effective strategy and they'll draw from stories and from experiences and bring into your organization and infuse into your organization the strategies that you need. I'd like to go over with you four strategies that are very helpful if you're interested in really sealing in DNI or IND, inclusion and diversity, as a part of your organization. And this is drawn from the McKinsey Report, right? So one of the things is that you've got to commit and cascade. The CEO, the top of the food chain, has to be the one driving this. And once that CEO is committed and is able to give a clear and compelling vision for IND, the the horse has left the barn, right? This would be, this is good, but it must come from the top. So committing and having a compelling and clear vision from the CEO or the head of your organization is the key. And that's not all. At the very top, the CEO, the head of the company also has to, to spread this vision out to management so that management can also imbibe it and disperse it 
and they also have to keep each other accountable. Without accountability, it's really hard for diversity and inclusion to stick. So that's really important, right? Articulating and cascading a commitment to galvanize the organization. And this is important because leading companies really do go beyond giving a statement. They, they truly cascade the commitment throughout their organizations and particularly to middle management. So promoting ownership of the core businesses, encouraging role modeling, holding uh, executives and managers accountable, and, and really ensuring that efforts are sufficiently resourced and centrally supported in the organization is all part of this uh, CEO level leadership commitment at the top that brightens the lines and, and shines a light on the value that is being put on IND. The second important thing is to define inclusion and diversity priorities that are based on the drivers of the business growth strategy. So what do I mean by that? I, I link inclusion and diversity to your growth strategy. Understand your, your value drivers. Look for the connection between how you're growing and what IND strategies you're using. Make sure that you do have a mix of diversity and that you have data and analytics that can point to how this link between IND and your growth strategy is working. Top performing companies invest in internal research to understand which specific strategies best support their business growth priorities. So what kinds of things or strategies do companies look at? Well, attracting and retaining the right talent is one. Strengthening decision-making capabilities is another one. And when this is being done right, leading companies and top companies also identify the mix of inherent traits, what uh, such as ethnicity, for example, and, and also against acquired traits. So you have inherent traits such as ethnicity, and you have acquired traits such as someone's educational background and their experience. You want to identify the mix of inherent traits, such as ethnicity, culture, and also acquired traits, such as education, experience, that are most relevant for your organization or your team. And you want to use analytics, people analytics, to begin to understand how you can link, basically, your IND to your growth strategy. The third uh, important strategy uh, to consider is to really think about uh, building a targeted portfolio of inclusion and having a compendium of diversity initiatives that are identified to transform the organization. What do I mean? Companies who are leading in this area, what they tend to do is use targeted thinking. 
They use targeted thinking to prioritize the IND initiatives they have identified. And once they've identified the appropriate IND initiative in which they will um, invest, they will assure that there's alignment with the overall growth strategy. They recognize that the necessity of building an inclusive organizational culture is important and they use a combination of what we call hard and soft wiring <laughs> to create a coherent narrative and program that resonates with the employees and stakeholders while helping to, do, to drive sustainable change. So this particular strategy is about creating a targeted portfolio of inclusion and diversity uh, with a vision for transforming the organization. So that requires prioritized initiatives, not just initiatives, which ones are prioritized here? The second thing is having an inclusive culture, really building that culture out and perhaps getting a, a team to come in and help you do that. So prioritizing initiatives is one, uh, having an inclusive culture, and then the metrics and the tracking that we talked about are important if you're going to craft an, an initiative portfolio. So just to review, one, commit and cascade. Two, link inclusion and diversity to growth strategy. Three, craft an initiative uh, portfolio. And the fourth and final strategy that I'll give you here is that you've got to, after you've done all of those things, is uh, recognize the need to adapt your approach by tailoring the strategy to maximize local impact. Top and rapidly improving companies recognize this. They recognize that they need to adapt their approach to different parts of the business, to various geographies, and to socio-cultural contexts, and they really tailor the strategy to maximize the local impact in these various geographies uh, and different parts of the business. So what, just to review again, and I know I'm repeating myself, one, commit and cascade at the top. That's the very top of your pyramid. The second tier is to link your inclusion and diversity uh, initiative to a growth strategy, a particular growth strategy that's value-driven. And the third part of this is to really craft an, a, an initiative portfolio that's based on prioritized initiatives uh, and metrics and tracking. And then lastly, you want to tailor this IND strategy or initiative that you have for uh, maximum impact. And so you'll have to adapt it to your local environment, your local markets. Uh, then you'll have to think about cross industry sector collaboration, as was mentioned in the workshops. So that's quite a bit that we unpacked there, but it's worth no noting that if you pay rigorous attention to these four imperatives, this will help ensure that inclusion and diversity will support your company's growth agenda. And in my experience, companies that fall short of uh, uh, in this in IND typically fall short in the accountability department, and because they don't have a global, uh, a sort of a, a, a larger frame strategy. Strategy. So don't fall short on leadership accountability for meeting your goals. Uh, don't 
fall short on building a, a business case for IND and don't fall short on, on pushing for coherence and prioritization of the action plan for IND. Use these four strategies and weave them into a, a, a strategic plan uh, that makes sense. Because as we know, business is dependent on diversity these days. And there's a compelling argument now when we look at profitability and financial prowess and the ability to be effective in the market, there's a super, super powerful case. Creating an effective inclusion and diversity strategy is no longer uh, um, a luxury, it's a must. This is Dr. Sweet. I hope you found this podcast helpful. I look forward to joining you for our third podcast on diversity and inclusion. Thank you. Thank you so much.